Hi, this is David Key. At Quo, we've worked for the last 20 years with many of the world's best-known travel brands. During this unprecedented global crisis, our world of travel has changed, possibly irreversibly. This series will see us speak with many global leaders to understand how they see the future of travel. Willem Niemeyer, um, CEO and founder of Yana Ventures and of Kiri Travel and of, of different eco-lodges in Southeast Asia. Welcome, Willem, to our offices and welcome to the future of travel. Yeah, thank you. It's our, our honor. And Catherine uh, Montienvici and Chai, as always, is sitting next to me. And um, it's our honor to, to, have, you, to have you on, on our podcast. Willem, is travel fundamentally the desires of the consumers, fundament, are the desires of the consumers fundamentally going to change as a function of the virus in it, what they do? Initially, it will. Initially, it will. The, there has been so much attention given to the, to the virus and how it spreads or how it possibly can spread um, that initially people will... Uh, want to avoid mass. They want to avoid the situation in which they are pressed together in, in, in a, in particular, in a closed space, outside, inside, whatever that will feel like. Um, but that will be filled in automatically because it will take some time for tourism to, to rebound. So it's not like, you know, there will be big masses of people in places, uh, uh to start with anyway. But I, I, I think over, overall, people would like to find some, some quiet places, um, and stay away from, from mass attractions, if you will. Um, uh, that, that, that's my sense where, where, where this is going. Now, this is interestingly already what we have been seeing happening in the last couple of years. Um, where, where, where people are moving away to the mass places and going to more quiet places, more specific places. Um, so it kind of like works with what probably was already a trend, but for a whole different reason. Right. Do you think, and we were talking just now about Siem Reap, about Cambodia and about Angkor, and we were both like the old people that we are, lamenting the days in the early 90s when we went to Angkor and I had the Bayon to myself at dawn and I could, you could cycle around or motorbike or moped around and there was nobody else there and all the temples were, were there for you to see and there were still guns going off in the jungle and smoke coming out and it's not like that anymore. Um, but today, Simriap is probably a, a ghost town. I mean, none of us have been there, but we, we're guessing it's a ghost town. How much will that go back to where it was? And is it just a matter of time? Um, well, also there, interestingly, in the, the last two years or so, Cambodia overall has, has suffered a bit. The arrivals in Cambodia have suffered a bit. And that must have to do with the quality uh, the, of, of the experience, because everybody goes to Angkor. A hundred percent, I would say, of, of, of tourists to Cambodia will go to Angkor. 
uh, they may go to other places as well, but Angkor in itself, um, it, it's not a good experience anymore. It's, it's not managed. I, I can't say it's badly managed. It's basically not managed. Um, um, so, but, is, but is, excuse me, interrupting you. But it, we were talking also about Venice. You were saying you'd love to go to Venice now because there's nobody there. Yeah. Florence. So I, I, I think this is the interesting part right now. But, and, and it's certainly going to be the message that we are spreading. If at the moment that you can travel, travel, because this is the moment that you can go. It doesn't really matter where you want to go, Machu Picchu or Venice or Angkor, wherever it may be, you'll be uh, with uh, uh, very few people. And that will last not very long because that will build on itself. People would say like, oh, then I'm traveling as well. And obviously that in itself could immediately bring us back to, to mass tourism. Although immediately it will probably take a while, but I would guess shorter than we think it will take for that particular reason. And who will be those first travelers, those first people out of the blocks who get on a plane and go to Venice before the crowds return? I, I, they're already booked. I mean, we have bookings still for the re remainder of the year as, as early on as, as, as July in a couple of weeks time, people are still booked. So I think there are people just wanted to travel anyway. Um, and for whatever reason, I think perhaps that, uh, well, we've talked about that before, that, that we here in Bangkok going about our bit, we're not afraid. We're just living our lives. Maybe a little bit per tube that, you know, you can't go to your place. Well, we can have, we can have a drink with our uh, meal again now, but, uh, but other than that, it's just business as usual. Um, so I think for a lot of people, maybe it will be like that and they will want to travel anyway. Um, so who is going to be? I think the people that already have booked, the people that more adventures, I think long haul travelers by and large are the ones that are, uh, better read into destinations and why they want to travel. Um, then maybe short haul traveler, weekend travelers. Um, so, so I think I, I, I'm a true believer in pent up interest. I, I'm a realist. I, I know it's not going to be super fast and right away a V-shaped uh, kind of recovery. It will take some time, but I'm an optimist and, and travel will resume fairly quickly uh, as we have seen it uh, uh, in the past. Will it be the adventures, I mean, to Catherine's point, will it be the adventures, will it be a similar typology of guest or of traveler that is going to be the first one on the boat or the first one on the plane or the first, probably not on the boat, but the first one on the plane or on the train going in and then the same followers and will the followers be looking for the same type of experiences they were having before the virus? Um, not right out of the gate, not right away. Um, I think People will want to come here, uh, say for Asia, very much for, for cultural, for environmental, uh, 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 different biodiversity from what maybe Europeans or Americans, um, who probably will start much later with travel, but still, if you look at the Europeans looking for different biodiversity, so interest in jungle and karst landscape, um, uh, or culturally and we really very interested in, in, um, in, in cultural sites. Um, and not in big masks. Um, so, uh, it's going to be interesting to see, um, also if people are willing, 
um, to really adhere to very strict regulations in, say, a site as the Grand Palace, uh, where, where it will be extremely well regulated and, and, uh, and that would probably take away something of the spontaneousness of, an, of the experience. So it would be interesting to see if people are going to like, you know what, we'll take some more of a local, local place uh, where we are, where it's quieter and where we can uh, have a more intimate experience anyway. Um, I would certainly recommend that. And traditionally, where, which markets have been key to you and how are you pivoting your business or adapting your business to anticipate what we believe will be these kind of initial air bubbles between certain countries within to and from Thailand? Yeah, the air bubbles is going to be, uh, the travel bubbles are going to be uh, interesting. Um, uh, I, I would hope that it will expand pretty quickly. It is, it's kind of interesting to see it and, and logical to see it within Asia right now. That makes a lot of sense. Um, but I think long haul travel is what our geographical markets are about by and large, I would say. Uh, we have some shorter haul um, uh, inter-Asia travel, but not that much. Um, and I, I think realistically, uh, what Thailand and, and bilaterally, bilaterally uh, countries are going to look at is how much of the virus is still uh, in, in a certain destination. And if it's safe, then uh, those bubbles will expand quicker. Um, our markets with our eco lodges, but also with our DMC and, and other things are, are pretty much uh, niche markets. No matter where the niche is, either environmental or, uh, or, or cultural niche markets. Uh, so these are interested travelers. Um, so I expect our type of travelers to, to come back pretty fast. Uh, we, we get a, st a steady trickle of bookings in. Um, uh, be it far ahead, but you know people want to travel. So people are booking for next year or later yeah. this year already. And yeah, mostly next year. Uh, we have some uh, booking for December, um, and like I mentioned before, uh, some are still booked. Mm. So, um, uh, but I, I can imagine that people don't want to book for this year because it's the uncertainty is the problem. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I'm um, I'm not just saying this because I'm I'm not prone to flattery, but. I do genuinely believe that your mindset, the mindset of the types of people that you're trying to attract will be a huge uh, growth market as we go in, as we go into the future, because everything you've created is for greater purpose. And that's why I think the core of what I, why, what I wanted to talk to you about today because i do believe that that, that we believe and everything that we've heard through our podcasts and read and over the last few months is that people are starting to you know they're questioning themselves they're not just gonna like we all did go here there and everywhere every five minutes they're gonna have more purpose driven vacations or or trips or even business trips um you so there's two parts to this first you said that you think that or, or historically the greater proportion of your travelers have been longer haul either from the US or, or, or I guess out of Europe or Australia into Asia um, and less within the Asian region, less intra-Asian travel. Why is that? 
will that change? And sh- sh- will are you seeing already a greater demand for more purposeful driven travel, more purposeful travel? Yeah, that was that was definitely uh, a trend that we are that, that we've been seeing, and 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 we have been very interested in for a very long time with Kiri Travel before, and then with our lodges for for the longer time, uh, and that came out partly um, of a great belief in in visitor dispersion. Uh, so getting visitors in in areas where not too many other travelers go for various reasons, a better experience, you experience the local culture in a much more um, realistic, it's overused word, authentic way. Um, but also a spread of the tourism dollar. Um, and uh, and in general, uh, um, we've seen the, uh, what's happening with over-tourism. That's basically too many people going to one particular small place. And you can definitely, Asia, I'm Asia, this is definitely uh, something that can be prevented. Um, I'm using France always as an example. It's about the same size as Thailand about the same population, and yet France gets double the amount of tourists than in Thailand used to get. Um, and yet very few people would say that that there is uh, consistent over-tourism in, 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 uh, in France. Some areas, maybe. Le, the Louvre, for, perhaps. Try uh, driving around the south of France any time in July. Well, or, 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 or. But it's not known as a destination. Sure, sure. Whereas Thailand, uh, and, and, and perhaps rightly so, in some areas it's, it's, it's pretty bad. Uh, it's not documented. But, but anyway, to back to your question. Um, I, yes, I think people are, um, are interested to more and more. That was a trend already and it will continue as a trend, specifically after this, into and to really have an interest on um, on being part of the experience. So we've seen that coming a little bit maybe with the, the, the Thai cooking classes and then the Cambodian cooking classes. So making it an experience, but that has now morphed into how can I be part of the solution after I be, uh, I'm coming on a trip, what can I do? Um, so yeah, the, the, the basic science, no plastic bottles that, that is kind of more of a passive way, but but really actively, what can I do to make sure that I leave this place a better place than be? Or because people learn a lot about climate change, for example, and I do hope this is going to be the the next big thing that uh, the travel industry is going to continue working on. There was a bit of a grassroots movement uh, which completely snowed under by the the virus. Uh, but I think the, the climate change itself and what to do about that, anything we do is probably also a good thing to do to prevent p- viral spreads. Um, has to do with dispersion and, and, and a, more, a, a more careful way of travel. I think there are two kind of points there. There's the, the optimists who feel that post this current crisis, we will we will learn from the experience and we will pursue environmental responsibility, sustainability with a much greater um, impetus and, and passion. And then there are others where they believe that there's just going to be this huge race to get tourism dollar back, and they will just forget all of that good practice and good good sensibility. Yeah, uh, both scenarios are equally possible, I'd say. Um, I think one thing 
plays an advantage, if you will, uh, although it's uh, um, sour grapes for, for those affected, is going to be those entrepreneurs that actually did not have a higher purpose, but just basically opened whatever it was, a hotel or a restaurant, basically only to cash in on tourism. That's it. And they have been probably hit very hard and will think like, well, if I, if I can reopen, I've lost so much money. If I can reopen, will I? Because will this come back? Whereas for us, with a number of our lodges, we cannot wait to get back open because our, our lodges help with reforestation, help with protection of, of jungle, um, you know, we, we, so you have a greater purpose beyond. We we want to. Yeah. We we cannot wait because we we feed uh, we feed families and and to make money is really is more well. We'll make money again in two years time. It's fine, but let's let's get back to work. But that's I love what you've just said, and 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 I think you probably know. I mean, at least I I've subscribed for decades to that view that. that um, that just providing a facility with no experience, no emotion, let's say, a box to a tourist, be it in Bangkok, in um, Miami, in Rio, in wherever, has no greater purpose. And this is what we're learning right now. And sure, you can have a box or some form of Facility, and I'm using the word deliberately facility right. because it's a completely unemotional word. You're saying, and you believe that these will be the most challenged brands, products as we go into the next couple of years. Yeah, I would say so. Um, uh, both business like, um, as their business model is. Um, but also for themselves, they'll probably be fearful going forward. It's like, why would you, why would you do this? And, and because your only risk is, is money and you can deploy, you can do whatever you want to make money. You, there's many ways to make money. Why would you make money in tourism? We probably make money. If that's why you are in tourism, then you're probably in it because it's the, the only thing you can think of or an easy way to make money. Um, and you just look for another way to make money. So they're going to be the first to give up. You're saying the, le the, least, so. the least resilient to this kind of test yeah. of the... For them, it's like, well, this is no longer well, the way to, to, to make money. Let, I'll, I'll go work in the stock market. Whatever. You know. <laughs> mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's... Um, no, I think that's... That, that, I think that's actually an incredibly brave thing to say. And there are, you'd be surprised. I know, obviously know you for a very long time and know you as an entrepreneur and a huge believer in what it is you're doing, whether it's supporting a local community or creating an experience that, 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 that really will, will, really will move people. <clears throat> but I don't believe that there are many either entrepreneurs or big industrial players in the hotel industry that would subscribe to what you say. They're in it for the business. Well, I'm, I'm in it for business. Uh, let's, let's make that clear as well. Um, but 
That being said, I, I do see a change uh, from the bigger players as well. Um, Meaningful change or a functional change because they have to? Perhaps they have to, but I, um, I, I do think um, and I do believe that uh, for a number of, of bigger players, it's because they want to. Um, uh, because if you do this, uh, to have more purpose in your life is a good thing to have anyway. And um, it becomes more and more, yeah, maybe a function of business. Um, in this case, the virus can be a catalyst, but I, I, I do think um, the environment is the bigger, the bigger uh, thing that we all need to worry about. Um, climate change, whether it's man-made or not man-made, that I will leave it in, in the middle, but it's there, and we have to 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 work around it and work with that. So, um, um, and. Um, and, and any any movements on the on, on the streets right now for for more inclusiveness? This is all going to be part of of, of business. Uh, is already, but it it's this situation drives it home. Um, so yeah, for maybe for some it will be more of a function, and for others it will be more of an of a, of a lifestyle and a, and, a, and a purpose. But uh, but once they do it, one as you say, it's a good thing. It's not a even if, for whatever reason, you do it, I mean, um, it, it, it will benefit. We, we hope that, that these changes will benefit the tourism landscape as a whole and be an incremental benefit to society. Are you seeing other players copying your ideas or taking your ideas and, 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 and placing them or? Um, adjusting and, and, and creating. Uh, I, I, I wouldn't call it the necessarily my ideas. Um, your, your products, your, but, your concepts. But yeah, perhaps in some areas, uh, and that's that's good. Uh, I think um, what we do is what we see now others doing as well, and that is working together with. Um, for example, working together with um, um, wildlife conservation NGOs. Um, for a tourism player to work together with a wildlife conservation NGO is basically has not really been done here in Asia. Other other parts of the world, misschien, maybe yes, but but not here. Um, and now I can see others doing this, and it's a good thing. But it comes from two ways. It's not only the tourism industry, but I think the, the wildlife conservation uh, um, uh, societies also see like there's an there's an option there's an opportunity here um, to get more to raise more awareness and to raise more funds in a in a whole different way. So so yeah, I th I think by and large this is a trend. Um, and then our travel products, uh, much the same way. I mean, in, including local communities. And I'm, I'm hesitant to have not, not calling it community-based travel, but, but including a community, including that into a program, a travel program, is fit for every um, uh, every type of budget. It's not a thing that only 
low-budget travelers or non-luxury traveler yeah, do. Yeah. Wealthy people are just as interested in it, even maybe even more. And, and, and this is where what I said earlier, where they want to say like, well, how can I contribute? What can I do? I can see the problems. I can see some problems. I can contribute or what can I do to contribute? And, and that leads to uh, a force for good in tourism, which I think is, is, is logical. If there's one thing of a cultural exchange program, it's tourism uh, at its best. Um, so, um, so yeah, I think that's the future. It should be the future. Willem, thank you so much for, for your opinions. I, I couldn't agree. I mean, I know Catherine agrees with it is with me on this. I mean, we couldn't agree with you more on this being a force for good. And let's hope as we, as we move into the unpredictable future in this existential threat <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, that we move into more meaningful and more thoughtful and more educated tourism in the future. Thank you for being our guest. Thank you, David. Thank, Thank you, you, Catherine. Thank you.